132 years of professional football. Maybe the Hampton Roars doing the trick. We've created legends of the game. Dennis Law scored for Scotland. Won European trophies. Stewart's winning in the middle. Yeah, that is a magnificent goal for Aberdeen. Qualified for major international tournaments. Scotland 2, Australia 0. But no male footballer in this time has felt comfortable enough to open up about their LGBTQ plus sexuality. Let's get more on Blackpool's Jake Daniels becoming the first professional player in British men's football to come out publicly in more than 30 years. It's been such a long time of lying. I've had girlfriends in the past to try and make all my mates think that I'm straight. percent of fans would stop watching their team if they had a gay player. What? 0141 951 1025. Josh Cavallo, the only known current male professional player in the world to actually be out. The response and support I have received is immense. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Pride, 132 years and counting. Good evening, I'm Andrew McLean and welcome to a special Clyde One Super Scoreboard show where for the next hour or so we'll be exploring the issues facing the LGBTQ plus community in the men's professional game in Scotland. I'm joined by current Scotland Women's National Team Captain Rachel Corsley and the Chief Executive of the Players Union PFA Scotland, Fraser Wisher and we'll have special guests on shortly giving their take on why in 132 years of Scottish professional football there hasn't been a male that's felt comfortable enough in our game to come out while playing football in this country. Before we get to our guests and panellists, I think it's important to say exactly why we are doing this show tonight. We've definitely come a long way when it's come to diversity across sport and in our wider community, but we've still got a long way to go. And I think a good example of that is some of the replies I've seen to the preview tweets for this show Many of them I couldn't read at this time on a Wednesday evening, genuinely, but many people are dismissing this as a topic altogether. People genuinely angry at the prospect of a show like this, which is quite something. These attitudes, they need to change. They need to change quickly. And that's why we want to open up this discussion and show support to those in our game who are in the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get into that. I'll start with you, Fraser Wisher. This isn't about forcing people to reveal their sexuality or what goes on in their personal lives. It's it's about creating an environment where people are able to feel comfortable in their own skin and don't have to hide who they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. We've made steps in the game of football towards all forms of discrimination, racism in particular, but uh, homophobia and homophobic chants and, and that type of thing is, is something I think we need to uh, address. And you're right, the, the messages underneath the, the tweets that Super Scoreboard put out, some of, them, some of them just take us back to the days when, when I played in the 80s and 90s when uh, there was abuse come from the stands. And to be perfectly frank, it wasn't a particularly safe environment, even within football, within a dressing room for a, for a young player, if he was gay, to, to come out. But I, I think the game sent has changed. I think players are far more accepting. In fact, they wouldn't even bother, you know, if, if a player was to, to say to them that they were gay. But I think there are other aspects that the game can improve on. And certainly, when you're talking about the game of football, you do include the media focus and you do include the reaction of supporters. So that has to be taken in consideration. And I think education programmes can only help. Yeah, well, Scotland Women's National Team Captain Rachel Corsi joins us as well. Rachel, do you feel there are thing the men, things the men's game can learn from the women's game where the, the environments just seem so vastly different when it comes to attitudes? Um, I, I agree with Fraser I think in a lot of dressing rooms the, 
the dynamic nowadays it is far more diverse and I, I think a lot of players are a, a lot more educated and a lot more aware, aware of, of that too and I think you know the, there possibly is a a larger number of examples of players in the women's game that are open about their sexuality and there's a lot of reasons to that. Partly, of course, is the exposure around the game over the last decade hasn't been as vast as the men's game and so when you do that, you're not exposing yourself to as big an audience which probably alludes to where we need to continue to do the work it is the broader audience and, and help more people understand the importance of you and, and of course I saw some of those tweets you alluded to as well and um, I, I think a point I'd like to add on top of that is before you choose to reply to something like that perhaps just understand okay maybe you have certain views that you think are very open minded and understanding and welcoming but that isn't the case for the entire entirety of society and, and that's why we have to continue to do work here and so um, it, it is disappointing to see those people who are quite close minded decide that it's not what they want to hear so it's a waste of time and we know how serious some of the implications are for people who've who've suffered as a result of, of abuse or, or suffered for a result of not feeling that they can be themselves. And so um, it is a very important topic and I'm glad we're, we're talking about it. Now you may have noticed in the news about six weeks ago that two Category 1 professional referees in Scotland bravely came out and spoke about their sexuality. I'm delighted to say we're joined by one of those referees, Craig Napier. Thank you for being a part of the show, Craig. How are you? I'm well, uh, thanks for having me, how are you? I'm all good, thanks, all good. Craig, it's been about a month and a half now since you came out and spoke very openly and, and bravely about your sexuality. Can you just tell us what the last month and a half has been like for you, both personally and professionally? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a really uh, positive positive time. I think we've had uh, a great reaction to the, to the, the video um, and, the, and the message that we wanted to, to spread. Um, you know the, the the reaction. It was it was really nice to have uh, you know people send supportive um, messages, uh, but it wasn't really it wasn't really about me. The, the messages that that meant more to to me were those that that said that they had step boys. They didn't have a role model that they could um, aspire to and see that football was a place for them. Um, and also the messages from uh, quite a few younger referees, actually not just here in Scotland but but elsewhere in the world, who have messaged to say that. They took inspiration from the video and, and have gone on to tell their parents or their friends. So it's been a really positive experience for me personally in terms of rewarding uh, for, 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 for taking that step. Um, professionally, the season is up and running. Um, the, games are, the games are coming in and they've been, been passing without incident, which is what, what I expected. Uh, at every game, there's always been at least one person who's, who's kind of come over and, and, and reached out and said, you know, well done or how are you doing? And, and that's been really, really positive. So, um, no, the reaction's been really, really, really good. So on the pitch, it's been a, a sort of welcoming environment. As you say, you're more than happy for it to, to pass without any notice whatsoever. But if it has been referenced at all, it's been all good words and, and kind words. Uh, absolutely. For, for me, it was very much, you know, after after we did the, the initial uh, video and, and, and we did an, another interview about the reaction, um, for me, it was about getting back to business, you know, um, that... My, my, the way I see my role now is about being out on the pitch and about visibility. But actually, it is a safe um, space, safe environment. And then we can um, hopefully see more people being comfortable, not necessarily to, to speak out and do this, but hopefully just to be comfortable in themselves that they tell their friends, they tell their teammates, they tell their parents, what, whatever it might be. A lot of the comments and replies that I saw, not only in terms of, of, of you and, and Lloyd coming out, but also to our announcement of, of doing this show, 
yesterday. A lot of the comments you see are people saying, I don't care, or why is this news? Why should people care? And why at this stage is this news? It's news because um, there are however many hundred um, Scottish football players across the Premiership, Championship, League One and League Two, and there are there are none of them are, are, are gay or are openly gay. Now that's either because they're they're not there, and if they're not there, that's because um, they must be leaving football or not entering into the world of football through fear of being discovered. If they are there, it's because they're not. Feel, they don't feel comfortable to share how they feel um, or, or their sexuality with teammates and, and um, uh, coaches and, and, and um, their club. Um, so proportionally speaking in the population, there should be representation in Scottish football. There's not and there never, there never has been. Um, so that would say to me that that's why, that's why it needs to be news. Um, I, I don't think it needs to be news forever. Um, I don't think we always need to have these announcements and the point of hopefully some people being able to do it is that we break down that barrier and then it does become natural. Um, you know, the example that I've given before that I think I think is really um, important to, to think about is if you think about at the end of the season when, when teams are thanking their fans in their last home game, they do a lap of honour, they bring out their wives, their girlfriends, their kids. If there were gay players and they were comfortable, they would bring out their, their boyfriends or their husbands, and that just doesn't happen. And that's how I think it would be uh, that we want to discover uh, a point. We do need to have these discussions because there, there is a fear there. Like, you know, I know that that's, that's the case for, um, for officials, for coaches, for players. They, they, they're worried about the reaction, they're worried about how they're going to be treated, and that's what we need to change. You know, it's been really, really positive to see how these clubs have, have responded to, to what we've done so far. And I think that should take, uh, should give players uh, that are out there reassurance that that, that is the environment that we're, that we're working towards. Because I've seen comments as well of people saying, you know, I don't care about Craig Napier's personal life. It's all to do with what decisions he makes on the pitch. Or people saying, I don't care about the personal lives of the, the players at the club I support. It's all about how well they do on the pitch for my club. But it's not about that, is it? It's about the individuals and it's about them being able to feel comfortable in their skin and feel comfortable about who they are. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, there's there's that expression about being able to put your heart and soul into something that you're good at and, and, and performing, performing well. If you're turning up, if you're a player and you're turning up to work every day and you're having to conceal uh, a big part of your life, a big part of your personality. When you're in the dressing room, you're worried what people are going to say to you. You're worried about what answer you're going to have to give to kind of avoid people discovering who you are. You're not going to be your true self and therefore you're not going to fulfil your potential. So for, for the benefit of teams around the country and for the Scottish national team, we want to not lose potentially players um, that, that happen to be gay but are good at football. Um, so that would be that would be the culture change that I think we can see in the future. You know, it would be a real shame if there are um, which there will be, um, again, thinking about the statistics, um, there will be young players at academies across this country who will be having these feelings and it may be that that stops them from, from you know, uh, having a career or, or continuing with, with, with football and I think that's a real shame. And it's not always just about professional football as well for me, it's about it's about football uh, as the, the great sport that it is and everyone's participation right down to the grassroots level. We want everyone um, to, to, to get something from the game fan, fans as well I think I agree with what people are saying is and they don't care 
right? I, I don't really want um, people to think that the, the number one thing is, you know, what, what I'm doing at weekend or, as you say, it's about the decisions on the pitch and that's still what define, defines me. But the problem is that we need their support to get to the point where people feel comfortable to be, to be, them, to be themselves. There are still people that are um, putting out negative comments but it would be really great if we could um, if we could have the have the open discussions so that people know um, and can be more forthcoming because there's still people holding back from being able to, to from being able to discuss it. What do you think are the biggest things we can do as a footballing community to help the LGBT plus community feel more comfortable in football in Scotland? Well, I think I think for me, um, I think visibility is 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 the is the key thing, and I think the more that people um, do feel able to speak out, I think that's. Um, that's a real, a real positive, um, because I think actually um, in 2022, a lot of people are very, are very, very supportive. As, as we've just said, they, they don't really care, um, but there's still that that hesitation for people to come forward. So we, the more that people would do, and the more that people see that there isn't that negative reaction, and and obviously I can speak um, from my own experience about how positive the reaction has been, um, and actually how how normal it's been to transition back to to just you know, doing my games, doing my training, um, etc. Um, that's what people people will see. I think obviously uh, there needs to be uh, some sort of reaction to negativity. I think that's I think that's obviously um, important. But I think I I'm, I'm confident. I like to see it happen faster. I think in a generation, I, I really don't see this being an issue. I think more younger players that are coming through will, will feel more com- uh, comfortable and confident. We've already seen that. You know, Josh um, and Jake have come out are, are much younger than I am, and I think that's the sign that where we're getting at. It's just a shame that my generation of players um, are, are possibly not going to feel able to do that, and maybe we'll wait till the end of the career or whatever. But if we could speed that up, I, I just think that would be. Um, that would be beneficial for for the game, uh, but lots of positive messages. Visibility, I think, I think, is key, um, and stamping out any any negativity. How important are support mechanisms within football as well? What support have you had, whether it's from the the governing body or or unions or anything like that, or just from peers? And is that important for, say, for example, a, a player who? was maybe wanting to do the same as you, that they would need to be supported by the players' union and, and the clubs. How important are those support mechanisms? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think everyone's, everyone's different. You know, my, my process uh, took a long time. is very sort of natural with an ever-increasing circle circle of, of friends and, and, and colleagues within refereeing. When when I approached the Scottish FA to, to discuss sort of working with them on this, uh, they were very, very um, supportive and, and, and have been since. The support is there. The organisations are, are out there and I think um, people sometimes uh, maybe don't know about them and they can also reach out to, to you know, uh, other members of the community. You know, we're, we're very much um, supportive of, of each other and so, you know, any player that wanted to speak to me um, uh, confidentially for advice, you know, would be most welcome to and I think uh, anybody that's been in that position would, would say the same thing. I know every individual case is different, but for anyone in that community that is maybe going through a, a silent struggle at the moment, what would your advice be to them? What would you say to them right now? I think that um, the most important thing in life is is to be happy and um, to accept yourself for, for what you are um, and then to go and live a, a full um, and fulfilling life. Um, you know, the, the, it's it's such a shame, you know, for, for me to look back um, and think about experiences that I missed out on, opportunities um, to have um, felt more stressed than, than I needed to and, and to realise that actually I could have um, avoided all of that 
simply by being a bit kinder to myself and and letting everyone see exactly exactly who who I am. And I think I would encourage anybody to essentially to do that and um, to to trust that people um, will accept it. You know, generally speaking. Um, you know, I think society is in a place where it's much more accepted. So I think if people uh, can trust one person, it becomes so much easier. You know, I've spoken before about how much lighter you feel when you when you had that when I had that first conversation, and then and then again and again, it becomes it becomes more natural. It is a very daunting thing to do. You know, it was extremely extremely scary when I, when I first tried to do it. Um, you know, when I was uh, seventeen, eighteen. Um, but it does get easier and it, and, it, and it does make your life that bit better. Um, so I think it would be about saying, go for it. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. No worries. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you to Craig speaking very openly to us there. Fraser, what, what stood out to you? What, what really stuck out to you from what Craig was saying there? I, I thought it was a great uh, conversation, a great uh, interview with, with Craig. And what stuck out to me was... How, how good he feels now he's made that, that step and, and it was disappointing to hear how troubled he was the stresses he put himself through because he felt he couldn't be honest and couldn't come out as, as being gay and, and now he has done he feels 100% better and being being one of the first ones to do it in, in Scottish football and uh, he, he will be a role model and struck me what he was talking about was absolutely spot on it's about visibility you know, and it's not just about the professional game it's making uh, gay men uh, feel comfortable playing football at whatever level they want to play whether it be five aside or seven aside amateur football so I think well done it was a fantastic interview I see the end of it really struck me how much better he feels having having come out uh, publicly and uh, if there's any players out there who, who want to do that then we hopefully ourselves and others within the game can create a, a safe environment for them to, to be comfortable in, in, in being themselves Yeah Rachel everyone would love to get to a point where a player's sexuality isn't a news story but with where the men's game is at the moment other players and, and referees and fans who are part of that community can really benefit from the bravery of the likes of you know Craig and Lloyd Wilson and, and Josh Calvallo and, and Jake Daniels as well yeah, it's it's very important, especially for you know those names you mentioned, and I think as well it's great to hear that Craig's had a, a really overall positive experience since he chose to come out. I think that's great to hear. It's encouraging to hear, and, and hopefully it's reached and touched a lot of people that can take some encouragement from that. If if you know they were going through something that they they certainly were feeling was a struggle, and it's it's a relatable situation for them. Um, it, it's it's really complex. I, I think it, it's something that you know we're all growing in society with, and and I just think we need to continue to have the conversations and keep allowing people to to learn and and be more open minded. Ultimately, I think it's it's about having the ability to just open your mind and to allow and accept people for who they are. And I think you know it's. Uh, it, it's hard to sort of put into just a, a short summary because I, I think it, it it's important because it affects all facets of your life and that's why I think it's you can't just ignore it and say well when you're at football you're at football and football's football so it, it doesn't matter I think when you're professional and it's 24-7 it's everything you do then um, you know I even know from my personal experience being able to be open being able to be free and, and be yourself allows you to perform at a higher standard whether you want to accept or agree with that or not that is that is genuinely what I believe to be true Well thanks once again to Craig Napier for joining us on the show after the break we'll be speaking to a regular caller of ours Simon from Kilmarnock who actually came out on a previous show of ours and maybe you feel you've got something you'd like to contribute yourself at home on this topic we'd love to hear from you as well on the usual number 01419511025 all I want to do is play football. 
I've had girlfriends in the past to try and make all my mates think that I'm straight. People are saying, why didn't you tell us earlier? This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Pride. 132 years and counting. Welcome back to tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard where we're taking a special look at the issues facing the LGBTQ plus community in Scottish football. We've already heard tonight from Craig Napier who is of course one of our Premiership referees who came out as gay last month. I'm also joined by PFA Chief Exec Fraser Wisher and Scotland Women's Captain Rachel Corsi. Let's go to the phones though because I'm really pleased to say we're joined on the line by Simon, a Kilmarnock fan. Simon, you've been on the show many times but there was one time in particular when you called into Super Scoreboard and that was a pretty important moment for yourself can you describe that for us yeah of course um so there there'd been a lot of talk about inclusion in football and um i took the moment to to call in and because i've grown up in the the west of scotland being a member of the lgbt community and um being also being a, a big scottish football fan so I felt it was important to, you know, call and put my my perspective across. I think it was Marvin Bartley I spoke to that night, and uh, we had a chat about it, about the the importance of inclusion, and why, you know, the question was asked: Why is there no uh, out footballers in Scotland, and why is the, you know, the lack of why is there a lack of diversity in that sort of field? So, yeah, I think it's something that's really important to to have a chat about. How difficult was it for you to come to the decision where you wanted to phone in and you wanted to speak so openly about your own position? It was something that it needed to happen. Um, you know, I grew up in the west of Scotland. Uh, you know, I didn't know that being bisexual was a thing. It was just something, you know, in my head growing up with, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, where the internet wasn't as prominent as it is now. You know, you were, either, you were either gay or you were straight. You liked boys, you liked girls. That was it. There was no sort of middle ground so you know growing up and then I was in the football environment you know it's all when you're with the lads and with your mates and it's all talking about girls and you know you don't want to come out and say like you know well I like boys too because you'll get you will you'll get slagging and it was something that was really terrifying for me and it caused me to you know I was living a life that wasn't me on a Saturday I was you know going to the football with my friends um, even as a teen, late teenager early uh, 20s when I started getting to work I was going to the football on the Saturday with my friends and you know, talking about the girls that we met the night before and having those kind of chats and then you know I was like meeting up with guys on the on the Sunday you know not telling my friends nobody knew if that it was a thing so it was obviously something that was uh, dragging me down and um, it was actually I met my, my partner and we had a I came out to her I was the first person I said you know listen I think I think I'm bisexual, and she basically said, "Well, I think I'm too." So um, it was kind of an open feeling, and after having that, you know, you feel a release, and you know, it, it is something important because there isn't enough people who feel comfortable enough being themselves in Scottish football, in football in general, and even sometimes in society. So you know, the more people that come out and say, you know, you know, I'm going through maybe what somebody else is listening is going through, you know, I think that would be a really big help. What did that do for you personally and, and for your mental health when you had to hide who you truly are and, and how you truly feel in that footballing environment, going along to the football, hanging about with your friends, not being able to you know, freely and truly be yourself? It completely deteriorates your mental health because, you're, like I say, you're living, you're living you know, two different lives. You're 
you know, on the one hand, you know, you've got this side of you that you just, you're just desperate to to show and desperate to talk to people about, and then on the other hand, you know, you've got this this system in Scottish football, especially, and you know, it's very masculine, it's very manly. You know, you know the words that have been shouted around, and it still happens at football today. You know, those words are thrown around; it's just as if it's nothing. Um, so it does really, really, you know, push you down, and it makes you feel worthless. Like I was watching the the Falkirk Hibs game the other day. Uh, last week and um, you know the the Falkirk fans were the, singing and it was a large section of them singing a song that had homophobic lyrics and you know I was watching that and I said to my partner I was like that was me I was in that crowd I was that person I was in amongst that and you know you do what the other people are doing and you you think maybe oh if I join in with this they'll not suspect me and it just made me think of like how many other people maybe were in that section of crowd just now with their mates they were maybe you know, struggling with their sexuality or struggling with their feelings or maybe think, oh, I don't know, I like girls but I also like boys and I'm not sure how, how this will be accepted. And you joining in with that just because it's the thing that you think you have to do. Um, and it does play with your mental health. I, I really, really struggled. I did some stupid things. I ended up becoming, you know, not a very nice person for a while. But, you know, and it ended up me having to go to, I've had years and years of, you know, speaking to psychologists and trying to figure out what, what went wrong, speaking to counsellors all the time. And it's only took that that's made me realise, you know, you need to fully be yourself and embrace it. You know, there is there are other people out there like you and you might feel that you're the only person, especially in a football stadium in Scotland, you might feel I'm the only person in this entire place that feels the way I do. But trust me, you're not. It takes an immense bravery to be able to come out and speak openly about your sexuality. What has it done for you being able to now have gone through all that and now be open about how you feel and, and who you truly are? Um, yeah, I feel in my normal life, my, I, I always put it the way that non-football life, it's not really a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I go to I go to Glasgow quite a lot. I'm somebody who got into education quite later, so I, I started studying again. And you know, you're being around people, and it's it's not a big deal. You know, you're just around people who have this the kind of same feelings, and you know, understand a bit more. And you know, in the music scene and the art scene and things like that in Glasgow, you know, it's it's not even a a question. It's not even something that you know people care about. But when you go to the football, you know, I. I was um, during the pandemic had a thought, thought about maybe starting a an LGBTQ Kilmarnock supporters group, and um, it was something I, I put out on Twitter just as a as a sort of you know question would anybody be interested? And obviously I got quite a few DMs from Kilmarnock fans saying, "Yeah, listen, it'd be great to to do that. I'll be involved." But I also got quite a lot of messages from fellow Kilmarnock fans. None of it was like outwardly homophobic, but it was a lot of it was just ignorance. A lot of it was just you know, we don't we don't understand this, you know, we don't want this. And, you know, you kind of feel like, well, the world's moving on. But it seems that Scottish football's being dragged behind us. We were discussing the fact of maybe getting a flag, like a pride flag with a commandment flag put on it. Because I don't think I've ever been inside a Scottish football stadium and saw a LGBTQ flag or seen anything like that. The only thing I can remember is at Partick Thistle, they have the Proud Jags uh, advert. And that's the only thing I've seen in a Scottish football ground. You watch the MLS, for example, and they're everywhere. They're dotted all around. You know, there's actual sections where their ultras embrace that sort of thing. And I think it's that feel of inclusion that would make somebody feel more comfortable being themselves. And 
you know, being yourself is the most important thing because it does wear you down and it does bring your bring problems to your door that could otherwise be avoided. You've talked about incidents in the, the stands, some stuff we've seen very recently. Is that something that you've experienced in person when you've been out at games? Listen, Andrew, it happens, it happens every couple of weeks. Probably happens every game. It's not something, you know, directed personally at you, but it's it's the language that's used. If somebody gets an injury on an opposition team, you'll know the kind of words that fans come out with. And it's sometimes even young fans, which is the scariest part for me. It's guys and they're even like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, where they think that's a, a, you know, that's just a thing to have a joke about. And, you know, sometimes you do pull them up. Sometimes, you know, it's a larger group of folk. You, you don't really want to say anything when you're maybe on your own or just a couple of years. And, you know, it does happen all the time. There's a, a song that the Comarmet fans used to sing on away games um, about Stephen O'Donnell. And, you know, it contained homophobic lyrics. And, you know, we, the Comarmet support stamped that down, certainly on the buses that I go to away games on. But it did go on for quite a while before that kind of conversation had to be had. And, um, you know, it, when you're sitting there on the bus at this point, I hadn't, hadn't, you know, fully came out to anyone. And I'm sitting on that bus and hearing that, those songs and, you know, 60, 70% of the folk on the bus are singing it. And you're like, you know, how am I ever going to feel, you know, safe here? I don't, and it does put you off going because for a while I, I didn't go to the football. I couldn't go anymore. I love, I love my team, following up and down the country, but, you know, I didn't feel comfortable going to, to football when you're in that environment. And, you know, I know a lot of it's not necessarily malicious, but that's not the way, you know, you take it when you've had to do that. And I don't feel like I'm, it might sound like I'm being judgy or preachy, but, I was in that same situation, so I do understand from, you know, you're a young boy, a teenager, and, you know, you want to be like your mates and you want to be like everyone else. You don't want to stand out because standing out's you know, a negative thing, especially in, in football. So it just it's more education and more discussion of it, more visibility, and I think that can make a huge difference in, in you know, people's lives coming through. And even if there's just a couple of people who, you know, feel more comfortable being themselves, then, you know, it's, it's worthwhile doing. All this then seems to create an, an environment that would make it extremely hard for a professional footballer to openly come out and speak about their sexuality. And we haven't seen it yet in Scottish football. And do you think these factors that you're talking about is exactly why it hasn't happened yet? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't doubt whatsoever that there's, there's footballers probably playing in Scotland right now that are, are gay or bisexual and they just don't have the, the confidence to, to come out and that's such a such a shame. I think a lot of it is to mix in with the you know the masculinity of football, you know, like being a lad and, and all the, the stuff that goes along with that. You know, I don't think that um, the stands help. Like I say, the, the visibility of you know, not having any sort of clubs openly promoting their LGBT groups, um, other than the, the Patrick Thistle one I mentioned, you know, it seems, and I know that there are clubs that have them, Celtic and Rangers um, have groups. I think if you're a, a footballer, obviously there's, there's footballers at a lower level that have now came out, Josh, over in Australia, you know, that was you know, incredibly brave. And uh, the, the guy down, uh, down south for Blackpool, you know, these are really, really big moments, but I think it's going to take a, a proper level, top level footballer and that bravery, you know, you mentioned bravery, you know, coming out and talking about your sexuality, but to be a footballer, a professional footballer, I can't imagine 
the fear that would in you know I was just scared of you know the guys that sit around you at the football you know, I can't imagine what that fear of coming out to a whole nation would be like you know we know how much we love football in Scotland or daft for it having that being that person that I can't imagine how strong you would have to be to do that and I don't think the you know the support mechanisms are there yet to allow somebody to do it and it's such a real real shame but um, hopefully you know in the future that might change but I think we all need to work together in order to get there. Does it feel like we're still a long way off from that moment, Simon? I can't see it happening anytime soon, to be honest with you. Uh, I would love to be proved wrong, and I would love to, because I think once the first person who's at a kind of top, top level does it, I think, you know, there'll be more people come out and more people will follow, um, and I think we might be surprised at the level. And I think that would actually, I think we then might be surprised at the, you know, the supporters as well. Because I think if, if, you know, you see if I was back to being like 14, 15, 16 and, and understand, trying to understand my own sexuality and there was a guy who played for Kilmarnock who was gay, I would feel much more confident, you know, being myself and admitting that to my friends and my family, you know, than, than it is now. I think, um, you know, looking back, looking back on it, some of the, the guys I went to football with, I've been friends with in school, we used to go to the football together. And we don't speak anymore. And a lot of that's to do with, you know, me hiding who I was. And if I had that, that role model, because it would be a role model of somebody I'd be like, wow, listen, they're just like me. You know, I, I can understand that. And, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, I think that might bring out a lot of supporters to be more confident in themselves. And, you know, I think if that, that happens, you know, Scottish football would be a, a much better place and a much more friendly place for, for people to, to come. For people listening that aren't in the LGBT community but want to help and want to support, what would you feel is the best way for them to do that? The easiest thing you can do is call out your mates. So if you're at the football or you hear language like that or you hear somebody saying anything that's even, you think, "Mm, I'm not too sure about that, you need to call out your mates. You need to stand up and say, listen, there's no need for that, there's no place for that. And if a couple of you in a friend group does that, that will stamp it out and... You know, if, if it's for people, it's just all, all about being an ally, really. It, that's talked about in the LGBT community quite a lot, you know, or I'm, a, I'm an ally, but to be an ally, you actually need to, you know, do something about it. And I think if you were that person who stands up and, you know, says this isn't on, you never know who's sitting around you at the football who might be thinking, thank you for doing that. Or you don't know the people who, in that group, who are joining in and, you know, might be like, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> I'm having these worries and I'm having these concerns as well so I think that's something that you need to do if you if you want to help out in any way just call your mates out if you hear the, the language even if it's not your friends and you feel comfortable doing it you know pull people up for it because um, that's the only way that we're going to stomp, uh, stamp it out really Simon that was absolutely brilliant honestly perfect thank you very much for that that is much appreciated and see your bravery to come out and, and talk about Stuff like that is absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much for your time. No, no worries, Andrew. I appreciate having the opportunity to have a chat with you. Yeah, very powerful, powerful words from Simon there. Rachel, you know, we've we've heard Simon's story, the the struggle and, and what he's been through. It's quite something to, to hear all that. Yeah, great to just hear him speak. I think he, he shared so many direct experiences and examples that I, I hope a lot of people listening to took a lot from. I, I think it's that's the biggest piece. Just having people who've experienced it, who can 
talk to it and and give real relatable examples I think are so important so yeah it was excellent to hear from him One thing that Simon mentioned was what people can do to help out and it seems as he's saying you know it's a team effort it's about people calling it out whether it's in a group of friends whether it's in the stands whether it's in the the dressing rooms that can make a huge huge change Fraser yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, we should treat uh, homophobia and comments about the LGBT plus community the same as, as racism and sectarianism. You know, make it unacceptable within within football grounds. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for supporters to, to call others out if they're being very aggressive, and we've seen that in instances in, in of racism and sectarianism. But um, yeah, something that struck me there was you know coming in here as part of the players' union and looking at what we can do to to, to help any player that would wish to come out, any male player in particular. Then and, and now we're talking about referees, we're talking about support Supporters, you know, and, and you learn something every time. There's Simon. So when, when people are making these homophobic comments towards a referee or towards supporters or chants or towards a player or whatever else, they're actually hurting their own supporters. There's people in there that are hurting as well. And people really should think about what they say, what they sing and what they write, in particular online, can be very, very hurtful towards uh, people that are involved in the game. So lots to learn from, from tonight's show. Well, thanks again to Simon. The lines are open if you'd like to chat to us about this topic. 0141951. 1025 Welcome back to tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard where we've got a bit of a different one for you. We've been taking a look at the issues facing the LGBTQ plus community in Scottish football. We've heard from referee Craig Napier who came out last month. We had a really powerful chat with caller Simon from Kilmarnock and let's go back to the phones because Paul is on the line. Paul, what's made you decide to phone in tonight? Hi, well, obviously for a lot of people... um a lot of people, judging by the comments on things on Twitter, um, feel that this shouldn't be an issue, you know, whatever your preferences are. Um, and of course, it shouldn't matter, but there are fans out there who, um, and you never know, it could be someone that you sit, to, uh, sit at a game, it could be a player, um, it could be your favourite player, um, and they could be struggling either coming to terms with who they are or feel that if they were to open up about who they are and for me personally I gave up football when I was younger Um, I felt quite um, alone sort of intimidated I just felt that I wasn't really sure I could be myself Um, I felt that maybe I'd get judged so I literally um, just stopped going back to football I never kicked the ball till high school just playing in PE and things like that Um, and I recently lost someone close to me and I um, got a season ticket at Livingston um, and I have to say like being included and feeling part of something um, and something like football um, for a lot of people especially here in Scotland is such a big part so you know what I would say to people is whether you're gay, bi, straight the thing is is we like people here in Scotland Football plays a big part of our lives. For a lot of people, it's it's their main thing. It's the thing that they go to. And I think when you look at people around in our communities, there is lots of things going on. There's poverty. There's you know suicide rates are so high. And 
you might think that well being gay by isn't really that big big a deal but the factors that play into it you know feeling like well actually if my club I don't really feel it's you know for example not being part of it and feeling that you know I'm lucky being a lovely fan that I was able to go to games and really feel part of something and feel included and I wrote to a lot of players, um, my favourite players, just on the off chance to say, this is how I'm feeling, you know, I'm someone that's by, and, I, you know, I just really wanted to, to write to them. And the support I got back was unreal, and it was so, um, you know, and I won't mention names, but players on the national team, um, local teams, um, and it was just unreal. And I would say to anybody, whether a young person, um you know, boy, girl, gay, bi, lesbian, what I would say is is that everybody, everybody in Scottish football, if they're a good person, will support you. And every player on that field should be able to support anybody from the LGBT community because without fans, as we all know, football's nothing. And I think anything, if, any, if we've learned anything in the last few years, I think that there should be a little bit more love in the world rather than hate. Um, so that's really the reason I wanted to phone in. <laughs> yeah, very well said, Paul. I'll bring in Rachel Corsi on that one because, Rachel, we hear many stories about, you know, Paul saying that at a young age he was driven away from football because he was part of the LGBTQ plus community. But we then see that, that he brought back into football and, and the magic that that's done for him. <laughs> Yeah, and I, again, just great reference to, to a real-life example, just continuing to, to show that there's more work that needs done um, and hopefully there's there's a smaller number of stories of, of people who do feel that way and, and have and continue to feel that way and, and also just nice to hear off the back of it that, you know, there's a, there's a positive slant to that too because there are people out there and there are a lot of people who advocate and are, are allies for, for everyone for equality to make sure football is is for everyone and th- there's lots of facets to that and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's again nice to hear there there's a good ending to another story but again it highlights the fact that yeah, okay, there, there's still work this is going to be a work in progress we have to keep making sure that you know, everyone at any level feels that they can be comfortable who they are and, and and be in that space. Fraser, if you look at it, obviously Paul has has struggled with football. He's yeah. now, as he says, he's, he's fallen back in love with football. And it, it's great to see that support has come from, from players in the game that he says have, have reached out and, and got back to him. Yeah, absolutely. I said at the start of the show, when I played, uh, it would be impossible for any player to, to come out as, as gay and I think that environment's changed I think if you, if you Google Scott Brown and uh, his comments about gay footballers a couple of years ago brilliant absolutely brilliant pictured with the, with the Pride logo and uh, and he said he would help any, any player and it's great that Paul has received that help from current players because generations change you know younger generations come in and hopefully make things uh, better and the current players would provide a safe environment for, 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 for a gay male player to, to come out but as I said earlier the football Industry is not just about the dressing room where it'd be safe or perhaps within his club where he get great support, but it's also about the supporters. I think it was Simon mentioned that the Falkirk fans, the Scotland fans, and I chatted with Jimmy Hill not that long ago, it was pretty, pretty offensive. And also the media focus as well 
on the first male gay player to come out I think would be huge and then of course the online stuff as well you know and the, the comments that, that we're all seeing and all getting from, from people we know as well I, th- I think, think there's just a lack of knowledge there and, and we want to make football a safe environment for everybody Sadly we are running out of time but just quickly Fraser if there is a, a player or players out there who are maybe going through that silent struggle who do want to talk to someone what can the PFA offer and how can they get in touch? Well you we mentioned this when we're out at clubs you know we talk about qualities in general and then the specifics of, of, of all the, ba- the basis of that and uh, if a player was uh, feeling that he wanted to talk of course we are here for him we've got media advisors uh, we've got a partnership with an organisation called Ty who do some great work in schools and educating against bullying etc there's a support network there uh, for, for, for these players but Ty did a, a pilot project in a club recently uh, just education and uh, the results of that were fantastic with, uh, for the younger players so I think that's the way forward for us educate the players and then support them well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. But thank you to everyone who took part in tonight's show. Thank you to our final caller, Paul. Thank you to Simon. Thank you to Craig Napier, Fraser Wisher, and Rachel Corsi as well. And if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, no matter whether you're a professional footballer or not, whether you're even interested in sport or not, if you feel you need help or someone to talk to, head over to our social media channels where there'll be some really helpful resources for you. 